Hey, this is Nathan Motes, and you're listening to the Sell Us Out Podcast. Seymour's bending one for Torres. Eusebio. Oh, my word! Have you ever seen anything like that? He's got for Simão. A passar por dois adversários, Simão. A tentar oferecer o gol a Figo. E a bola é gol! And we welcome you to episode number 40 of the Slesson Podcast, a proud partner of Portugal.net. My name is Danny Pinto. I am your host. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As, uh, yes, we are back. First matches of 2021. We are so excited to have you guys along for the ride as uh, our beloved Slesson are uh, in World Cup qualifying as uh, they try to uh, to get to Qatar uh, next winter, of all things, a, a World Cup in the winter. But uh, that's what we have on the horizon as the Slesson will have three upcoming uh, qualifiers uh, versus Azerbaijan, Serbia, and Luxembourg, we'll get uh, we'll get into that in just a bit. But we're just uh, so happy to have you guys back uh, on this last song. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's been a few months. Um, you know, it, when there's a when there's a dead season uh, with this last song, we we try to get uh, try to you know stay in touch with you guys on our social media and everything. But in terms of episodes, we. Uh, you know what? You know, I'll get a little bit more creative going forward, uh, trying to get uh, trying to get you guys. Uh, uh, more uh, more involved as well, but uh, but we're just happy to have you guys back. So uh, a lot to uh, a lot to go over in this episode. Obviously, uh, three matches uh, for World Cup qualifying. Uh, Fernand Sunch named the roster for those matches uh, last week. Uh, we'll also catch you up on the actual draw uh, that happened in December to uh, to get these matches on the schedule, uh, as well as the schedule for 2021. And uh, yeah, just a, a lot of other things. Uh, we'll break down the uh, the roster here with uh, with Nathan Motes of Portugal.net. He was kind enough to to spend some time with us and uh, and give us his thoughts on uh, on the team. And uh, and yeah, we will uh, we'll get to, to that and a whole lot more. But uh, first off, as always, you can uh, connect to uh, connect with us. I should say um, on the show slesonpod.com. We have some updates for you on the site uh, that I'll go over in just a couple of minutes here. But uh, Slesonpod.com. You can uh, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Slesonpod. Facebook.com slash Slesonpod is our uh, Facebook page. Go ahead and like and share that with uh, your friends. And you can always email the show Slesonpod at gmail.com. You can uh, subscribe to us and like us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you are listening to this show. Search the Slesonpod Podcast. And uh, we are uh, right in your ears, ready for your listening enjoyment. Uh, I talked about uh, briefly uh, about the site. Um, the site is brand new. We've uh, redesigned the site. Um, I think it's much easier to navigate now. It's a cleaner look. Um, you know, uh, we uh, you know we did a little bit of tinkering during the uh, during the break uh, with the with the website, and I think it, I think it looks really good. Um, again, a lot more manageable to uh, to navigate. Uh, easier features to uh, to get to. Um, if you look at our, our navigation bar, uh, we have it all broken out for you. Um, it's easier to um, to connect with us uh, via uh, via the email link that we have there, or uh, there is a voicemail uh, link on the site. So if you want to click on that, you could then record a message to us, uh, and uh, maybe we can start doing that uh, and incorporating those uh, into the show. Uh, but uh, but we're, we're real excited about the uh, about the site, the way it looks, the way it's going to be easier to uh, interact with us, uh, a higher level of interaction uh, uh, now with the uh, with the audio portion, um, and uh, and again we're we're still trying to uh, we're still trying to navigate the uh, the waters of uh, of YouTube as well. Uh, we'll uh, uh, you know I'm still working on that, but 
uh, it's 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 looking uh, a lot better, a lot cleaner, and uh, and I I just think it looks uh, it looks great, and uh, uh, again a lot uh, a lot easier to navigate, and a great interaction there for you uh, as well. Uh, the possibilities there are much better than the uh, the old site, so we're very very excited about that. So that's uh, that's the business end on my end uh, for that. Uh, as for uh, the Slesson, uh let's first go to the uh, to the draw that sets up these uh, World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Portugal was drawn uh, with Ireland, Azerbaijan, Serbia, and Luxembourg. Obviously, the uh, the results uh, against uh, Serbia and Luxembourg have been the most recent. Uh, let me go to the uh, the breakdown here of uh, of our opponents. And uh, and another feature um, I failed to mention is that you know I'm I'm trying I'm trying a little bit with the writing. Uh, the the site gives me uh, an opportunity to uh, to do that. So I, I've put in a few uh, a few of the uh, just a few entries. Uh, just you know, take a look at those uh, if you guys like. But uh, but yeah, that's that's given me an opportunity to uh, to do a little writing, which I have uh, I've missed doing. But uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the draw, again, Serbia, Ireland, Luxembourg, and Azerbaijan. Uh, in terms of Serbia, they and uh, Luxembourg, as I mentioned, are the two most recent uh, are you know our two most recent opponents. We we had them both in Euro qualifying uh, last year. Um, uh, six matches against Serbia, three wins, three draws. The last meeting in uh, in Belgrade, a 4-2 victory for the Slesson. Uh, the Republic of Ireland, we've had nine matches against uh, uh, Ireland, four wins, two draws, and three losses. Uh, we last met in a friendly in 2014. Uh, here in the United States, in New Jersey, a 5-1 victory. In terms of Luxembourg, we uh, we qualified and uh, we we finished our qualifying and qualified for Euro 2020 uh, in November of 2019, a, a uh, an away victory, two nil uh, at Luxembourg there. And then Azerbaijan, last time we faced them was 2013 in March, uh, a two nil victory in Baku, uh, five wins and one draw in six matches uh, against Azerbaijan. So in terms of the in terms of the draw, I think very favorable. Um, I like the familiarity with Serbia and Luxembourg. Uh, uh, the Republic of Ireland always up and down in terms of um, you know qualifying for uh, for major tournaments, uh, and then Azerbaijan uh, should be no problem. Uh, I, I would expect nothing less than uh, than for us to win the group. Uh, but as as Nathan mentions in the uh, in the interview uh, later on, uh, nothing is easy, and it's ever easy for this lesson. But it just in terms on paper. Uh, this is a, a favorable group and a group that uh, Portugal should win and uh, and qualify directly for uh, the World Cup next year. Uh, in terms of the rosters, on March 16th, Fernand Sancha named uh, the following players to his uh, to his 25-man roster uh, for the upcoming uh, qualifiers. Uh, in goal, Anthony Lopes, Rui Patricio, and uh, Rui Silva. On defense, João Concelo. Cedric Suarez, Domingos Duarte, Pep, José Font, Ruben Dias, Rafael Guerreiro, and Nuno Mendes. Uh, in the midfield, Danilo Pereira, João Palinha, Ruben Neves, João Moutinho, Bruno Fernandes, Renato Santos, and Sergio Oliveira. And up front, uh, Bernardo Silva, Pedro Neto, uh, Diogo Jota, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rafa Silva, João Félix, and André Silva. So let's first go with... Uh, those who were named, and then those who have been replaced already. Um, Rui Patricio obviously has been replaced. Uh, he had that scary uh, head injury while playing for Wolves against Liverpool uh, about a week ago, uh, like I think maybe the day before the uh, the call-up. Uh, so yeah, it was the 15th. We're recording, uh, we're recording this portion of the podcast on Monday morning, but uh, Rui Patricio uh, was replaced uh, by José Sá of Olympiacos. And then Pep, Pep uh, picked up a knock uh, on Saturday, so two days uh, from this recording, um, and he has uh, since been replaced by Pedro Net of Sporting. So uh, we the replacements are there. Obviously, Pep was was playing so well, had such a huge um, a huge influence on 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 Port's uh, advancement into the Champions League in, in that masterclass he had against uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and and, and Juventus, but uh, but he is out. And then uh, Hui Patricio, they tried, uh, you know, they they tried every way to to do it, but they the the FPF would not clear him, and rightfully so. Uh, I think it was it was the right decision to. Uh, I mean, it's a head injury; you got to be careful with that. 
and, and given the uh, the quality of the opponents in the first three matches, I think you can um, you can go with uh, with Anthony Lopsch in theory, and uh, and we'll go uh, and we'll get into that in in just a minute too. Uh, but um, but in terms of the roster, obviously it's it's a strong roster. The the, the Slesson has a, has an abundance of quality right now in, in all in all phases of the field. Um, in terms of the defense, I was a little surprised by the Cedric Swadish inclusion. Um, I was hoping for uh, a, a return uh, to this last song of, of Ricky P, uh, Ricard Pereira. Uh, but uh, Ricard Pereira had picked up an, a hamstring injury just before the weekend. Uh, n- the severity of that is not uh, is not known at this time. He did miss uh, the weekend action uh, for uh, for Leicester City. Uh, in in the FA Cup, uh, but uh, but I was hoping to see perhaps him come back in. Um, you know he is he had been getting uh, some uh, some consistent time uh, with Leicester City following his uh, his recovery of his ACL injury. Also, Nelson Smith hasn't set the world on fire, but but has been starting uh, consistently for uh, for Wolves uh, on the right hand side. So there was there's some uh, there's some. Uh, I would I would say it's it's questionable for Cedric Swaj uh, to get the nod over those two. However, he has been playing a little bit on actually he's been playing a lot uh, for Arsenal on the left hand side, and that could be a factor uh, for for this last song as Rafael Gahairu, uh called uh, called up by Fernand Sanch. However, has not played in his last four matches um, due to injury uh, for Borussia Dortmund and. I would be hard pressed to throw Noon Minge right into that starting left side uh, if Rafael Gahaidu can't go. As of the recording of this podcast, uh, Fernand Sanch has not, uh, you know, or the uh, the Federation or Fernand Sanch for that matter, has not deemed Rafael Gahaidu uh, unavailable uh, for for the um, for these matches. Uh, the sporting director for uh, for Borussia Dortmund was not thrilled that uh, Gahaidu was uh, was called up, considering that uh, that he hasn't played in the last four matches. Uh, but uh, Fernand Sanch decided to call him up anyway. Um, as I mentioned, Cedric Swad has has played a little bit on the left uh, left hand side for Arsenal uh, this season. Joan Concello is interchangeable, but has been uh, just unbelievable on the right hand side uh, for uh, for Manchester City this season. So I would expect him to man the right hand side of uh, of the defense there, and then you have uh, the unknown, which is a uh, Noon Minch. So um, you know, a very exciting for him, the 18 year old from Sporting, to uh, to get his first call up. Um, I'd love to see him play a little bit against uh, the likes of Azerbaijan or Luxembourg. Um, I, I'd love to see him play in non pressure situations, but uh, given the uh, the opportunity right now and given the circumstances. Um, he may be pressed to uh, to uh, to the starting lineup um, sooner rather than later. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll definitely monitor that in the in the days to come. Here, as uh, we're just a couple of days from the first match against Azerbaijan in uh, in Italy, of all places, as uh, the FPF had to make that decision as well uh, with the COVID restrictions. And we'll talk COVID restrictions um, in a second here, but. COVID restrictions have uh, have forced uh, Portugal to uh, play outside of Portugal for their first match uh, against uh, against Azerbaijan. Uh, the, uh, the the Avalad was supposed to be hosting uh, on the twenty fourth uh, the first match for World Cup qualifying, but um, due to COVID restrictions, especially with uh, players in the UK, which uh, make up about uh, you know normally half of the roster, uh, the federation. Um, had to make a decision that would best benefit uh, them to get the the top players in the team or on the team uh, to uh, to uh, these qualifiers, and uh, that decision was made a couple of weeks ago to move the team or move the match uh, to Italy. Uh, th- that is the lone quote unquote home match of these first three qualifiers uh, on the twenty fourth. Uh, they uh, take on uh, Azerbaijan at home. Uh, the twenty seventh is in Serbia in Belgrade, and then uh, they play in Luxembourg. On the thirtieth, so um, yeah, a lot of moving pieces here, and uh, and we'll we'll get to uh, a little bit of that as well. Uh, but in the midfield, Daniel Pereira, um, he gets the call. Very excited to see Juan Pelinha uh, again. Sporting has been uh, rewarded here for uh, for their uh, for their dominance right now in the league. 
Uh, Noon Minge obviously gets the, his debut call up, as does uh, João Palinha. Uh, we mentioned that Pedro Net, uh, he, got, he gets the call. Hasn't been playing a lot for, for Sporting, but uh, does have uh, some experience with the senior team uh, in call ups, in previous call ups with, uh, with uh, uh, Fnan Sanch. So um, in, the, in the midfield, uh, I'd I'd love to see, and we talk, and I, I mentioned this in the uh, in the uh, in the interview with the, with uh, Nathan Motes. Uh, Sergio Oliveira has been unbelievable uh, for for uh, for Porto. Uh, his uh, his free kick to uh, to knock out Juventus in the second leg of the of the Champions League was uh, was a thing of beauty. Um, would not be surprised to see him get a, a starting uh, a starting nod. Although uh, you know, João Moutinho, Bruno Fernandes. Um, yeah, you know, Huben Neves in front of him, Daniel Pereira in front of him. Uh, just in terms of midfield, not so much positioning in the midfield, but it would be interesting to see if uh, if uh, Fernand Sanchez rewards him in terms of form. Uh, and then uh, up front, uh, you you have the the one and only uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, you know he'll be manning it up uh, up top. Um, was a little surprised to see Rafa Silva get the uh, get the call, considering that uh, you know we had been uh, we had been bringing up Trincao uh, the last couple of call ups. Uh, Trincao was uh, was selected for the under 21s uh, as they begin their uh, their play as well. Uh, so um, Rafa Silva did score a goal for Benfica on the weekend, uh, but uh, was a little surprising. Although I I could see what he brings uh, to the uh, to the team here with the speed and the and the change of pace that he can uh, bring off the bench. Uh, but you know up front, um, pretty standard there. Good to see Diogo Jota come back from uh, from injury. And uh, good to see Andres Silva rewarded for his just unbelievable form in the Bundesliga as well. Uh, would not be surprised to see him up top um, and starting for for this lesson solely based on form alone. So uh, I mentioned the pandemic and the restrictions as of uh, as of the recording, uh, and I and I hate to say as of the recording all the time, but you know uh, sports podcasts are 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 like they're 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 moments in time and there's really there's really nothing you could change once uh, you stop recording and once you uh publish the the podcast but um you know uh, uh John Neves of uh, of uh, of Portugal of excuse me of uh, portuguesesoccer.com um in, in the last couple of days has mentioned and and Nathan and I talked about it in, in the in the interview um there could be some restrictions placed on the players that are based in France uh, in either the first or first two matches um, in qualifying, and those those France-based players are Anthony Lopes, uh, Daniel Pereira, Renat Sanch, and Jose Font. So if if they're not available to go, um, you're already down. William, uh, he was not selected in the uh, uh, as a defensive midfielder in this in this go around. If Daniel was not available for the first or even the first two matches. You have to then look at uh, Huben Neves and Sergio Oliveira uh, in that in that defensive midfield role. Um, with Pep out, um, you you could be without Jose Font for one or two matches, and then you have the the pairing of you know Huben Diaz and Domingos Duarte, Huben Diaz and Nun Mendes, uh, pairings that we're not familiar with. Renat um, Sanch, obviously. Uh, He's a he's a uh, off the bench kind of guy anyway. So, but you would not you would be without perhaps four players when you're already down uh, two uh, from the the original call up. So, in goal especially, you could see Hui Silva debut uh, in games that matter uh, for the uh, for the uh, the Slesson. Hell, even Zessa in in that case. Um, it, there's a lot of question marks right now heading into these uh, these games as to who. May be available due to the restrictions, so uh, we'll be uh, we'll it'll be interesting to watch and, and to see exactly what happens there. Um, but in terms of the actual schedule, we mentioned it's Azerbaijan to open, then Serbia, then uh, then uh, Luxembourg. Even with all those restrictions, I think if the team was fully healthy and fully available, I think at a minimum seven points uh, from nine points would be what we would expect. Uh, the Slesson to uh, to bring home. Never easy to go to Serbia, although we did put four goals uh, in, at Serbia in uh, in European qualifying um, last winter. Um, but I would expect at the very least six points. I think uh, given the uncertainty, uh, you get the the win at uh, against Azerbaijan. You get the win against Luxembourg, and uh, and, and you hopefully get um, you know a result against Serbia. 
uh, with the uncertainty of the of the uh, of the roster right now. But uh, I'm hoping at the very minimum seven points. I would take six if there's a, a lot of uh, roster influx. Uh, but uh, would I take nine? Absolutely. And uh, full uh, at full throttle, uh, we should expect them to take nine. But uh, but uh, we have to also be realistic and not always uh, wear our uh, Celeste Song colored glasses uh, when when projecting uh, what's going on uh, with this team. So um, that's uh, that's a look at the roster. That's a look at the. Um, the, the draw and uh, the upcoming matches. Uh, we'll step aside real quick here for our, uh, our interview with, uh, with Nathan Motes. Uh, Nathan and I uh, recorded the interview uh, on Sunday prior to Pep being, uh, being called off the team. Uh, so uh, so uh, I apologize uh, for that really out of our control there. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed the, uh, the interview here with uh, Nathan Motes right here on episode number 40 of the Sless Song Podcast. So we welcome everybody back to uh, the Sless Song Podcast, episode number 40. It's uh, great to be talking about the Sless Song once again as we have three matches on the horizon, uh, all three World Cup qualifying matches as the Sless Song is officially now on the road uh, to Qatar and uh, to talk to us about not only the three matches but the uh, roster that Fernando Sanchez called up for these three matches uh, is uh, our good friend Nathan Motes of uh, Portugal.net. You can follow Nathan on Twitter at Nathan Motes. That's N-A-T-H-A-N-M-O-T-Z. Nathan, uh, welcome back. And uh, this being the first uh, show of uh, 2021, I guess, Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's great. Uh, it's been too long, almost, uh, what, four months now since we've been able to talk about the Cell South. So, uh, yeah, I'm really happy about it. What What does one do in, in, in a situation like like that where we have four months, there's no... There's no slice on uh, football. What do you do, Nathan? Like, what's it, uh, do you go to the EPL? Do you go to the uh, to Italy? Do you go to Spain? Do you go to the 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 Liga in in Portugal? What do you? What is your main way of staying in touch with the with the uh, with the players? Yeah, great question. I'm I'm a generalist, so I really peruse all the the big leagues, and um, you know, luckily now the way Portuguese football is developing, there are an abundance of talents all over Europe to consider, to evaluate. Uh, I wish I had more time, frankly, to, uh, to write about a lot of those developments, but there, there are so many uh, Portuguese interested journalists now that do that. Uh, there is an abundance of content, abundance of different angles you can take and looking at the players. So unlike in the past, I guess, where you'd just be without any discussion about Portugal until the next, you know, qualifier or friendly. Now it's there's uh, there's almost too many different things to keep you occupied, and so I'm sure we'll talk about some of that here in just a few minutes. For sure. Uh, obviously, we we got you on here to uh, to preview the matches and and to go over the uh, the roster as was called by uh, Fernand Sanch, uh earlier this uh, this past week. But let me uh, let me get your thoughts on the actual group. This is the first show that we've had since the the group was uh, was announced. Uh, of course, Portugal has uh, their first three matches against uh, Azerbaijan, uh, Serbia, and Luxembourg. We also have Ireland uh, in the group. What did you think of the initial? Uh, what are your initial thoughts of the group and uh, how it shapes up for uh, for Portugal? It's a good draw, but as we all know, every one of us who watches Portugal um, over the years, it doesn't really seem to matter in qualifying exactly what the quality of the opponent is. We normally make things difficult. And, and I can, I can kind of see at least one or two scenarios, you know, even in this group where things could get a little bit difficult. And again, we'll, we'll talk about that in the next few minutes, but, uh, this, this week with the big Serbia match coming up in Belgrade, uh, that's, that's a big one. And then we'll finish qualifying in November of this year against that same opponent in Portugal. I really think they're going to be our main uh, competition for uh, the the top qualifying berth in this group, but uh, it's it's all things considered manageable. Uh, but we say that I feel like every every time and and something happens. So and let's let's just hope that uh, the players can put together a really strong uh, campaign that is you know befitting their considerable quality. We're talking with uh, Nathan Motes here of uh, Portugal.net as uh, we are uh, previewing the uh, World Cup qualifying matches for the Celeste Song coming up here in the next uh, couple of days, uh, kicking off on uh, the 24th uh, against Azerbaijan uh, in Italy, of all places. And, and we'll get to that in, in just a few moments, too. But 
Um, so the, we've talked a, bit, a little bit about the group. Obviously, we'll, we'll get into the matches specifically, but uh, the roster was announced uh, earlier this week. Um, your initial thoughts of what was called and what the situation currently is as as of the the taping of this uh, of this interview, there are a couple of uh, question marks in terms of some of the players that uh, Fnun Sunch has called up uh, due to some uh, injury concerns either that existed or has come about in the last uh, couple of days. But overall, in terms of uh, what you thought of the uh, of the roster call up. Yeah, this is a very strong squad. We knew it would be. Most of the usual are the normal um, candidates we see in the squad. There's some new faces as well, which I think were well-deserved. Uh, Joao Paina, great to, great to see another option at defensive midfield. Very sad about William. I, I tweeted about that, actually, when I didn't see his name uh, listed on the on the roster. So um, just, just a consequence of the injuries and, and loss of form there. And we'll come back to that, I'm sure. But uh, Cedric, good to see him back. I, I do think that that one was a little bit less expected. Many might have thought that Nelson Smeta would would be the the next call up there, but I, I, I no no qualms really. I don't think Nelson's been that great this season, in my opinion. Um, otherwise, I, I really like the combination of of striker talent that we have: Neto, uh, Andre Silva. Uh, Diogo Jota back from injury for, for Liverpool and doing pretty well. So that's good. Great talent in midfield. Uh, it's a strong squad. It's just, a, again, a matter of how are we going to put all these pieces together and, and make a, a coherent team that presents a real formidable challenge for, for our opponents. Yeah. And as I mentioned prior to the question here, um, you know, we, there were three there have, or I should say the, the three highlights in terms of who Fernand Sanchez called up. Uh, that are either in question or have been already replaced uh, are the following. Obviously, uh, Portugal's number one uh, goalkeeper, Rui Patricio, uh, he had that very scary injury um, in uh, in Wolves' last match uh, against Liverpool where uh, about uh, 10 minutes left to go in regulation, in, in uh, regular time, uh, he, uh, he collided uh, with a teammate and uh, suffered a head injury. He was uh, carted off, or not carted off, but uh, stretchered off. Uh, and he has since been uh, replaced by uh, José Sa, who gets uh, who gets his uh, return uh, to the Slesson, uh playing out at uh, Olympiacos. Um, the other two question marks um, are on the defensive end, one at left back, uh, where Rafael Gajaydu, uh he's missed the last four matches for uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, and Pep uh, just picked up a knock uh, yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday. Uh, he picked up a knock uh, yesterday was subbed out about 24, 25 minutes uh, out or uh, from the start of the match. Um, he was replaced by Diogo Leite. So there are two possible replacements uh, if Fnun Sanch wants to go there in naming some other other folks. But right there you have Hui Patricio, uh, Rafael Gajaydu, and Pep, three uh, regular starters out. Um, Anthony Lopsch would be the, you know, the, the likely uh, replacement for Hui Patricio, but... As uh, as both you and I have uh, been researching, uh, Nathan, because of these COVID uh, restrictions, uh, players from France and, or who are playing from Fran- uh, in France for this lesson, and that would be uh, Anthony Lopes, Renat Sanz, Jose, uh, excuse me, uh, Jose Font, uh, and uh, Danilo, there may be a delay in them contributing to this lesson um, in these uh, in these upcoming matches. So. With an injured Hui Patricio, with a possible unavailable Anthony Lopes, you now are going to Hui Silva possibly for maybe the first or even the first two matches. So there is a lot of uncertainty going on right now with the Slesson, even though the strength of the squad is there, the availability right now is definitely a question mark. Absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on some of the stalwarts in this team, you know, the veterans to perform above even their their usual capabilities for that reason to tie together some of these these newer players who may have to step in unexpectedly because of the COVID restrictions. So, you know, players in midfield like possibly Joel Moutinho, Bruno Fernandes uh, are going to have to really out, outperform themselves and and be able to, you know, make do with with, you know, whichever supporting cast they have around them. 
you know, there we, we still have the most important pieces, I feel, on this team. That's the good news. Uh, but it does it does hurt our depth a little bit. And and as we'll we'll talk about, you know, there's a very tight calendar we have coming up. And so there's there's gonna be some uh some difficulties I think these players are gonna face with having to find and build chemistry with each other uh, very quickly. Yeah, uh, and you know, we we talk about uh we talk about an opportunity here as well, uh for some players and you know the 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 name that's been thrown about for the last uh, I would say six to twelve months, especially on uh, on the left hand side of the field, is Noon Minj, the eighteen year old sensation from Sporting. With something uh, with with Gahidu maybe not being available, this could be an opportunity for him, depending on if uh, Gahidu is replaced on the on the roster. Um, obviously, we have João Conselo who can play both uh, the left and right, but he's been playing on the right side predominantly for Man City. Uh, this season, and he's been doing uh, an outstanding job there. Uh, you mentioned Nelson Smith. This could be a, an opportunity for him to get called back up um, and have uh, have the flexibility of uh, João Conselo play on the left with uh, with um, either Cedric or Nelson Smith playing on the right. But this is an opportunity, perhaps, for players like Anun Minj, for João Palinha, for um, you know, uh, you know, even Andre Silva, who's been on fire um, in the Bundesliga, but just there's an opportunity here, especially when not only with the restrictions of the players um, that may, may not be uh, may not be available, but also, you know, it's you have a game on the 24th, the 27th, and the 30th. It's a short window and and a short uh, time to rest. Uh, this is an opportunity for for players, perhaps, to. Uh, not only take advantage of uh, the opportunity presented to them because of injury and restriction, but also to establish themselves uh, for call-ups going forward. Yeah, I agree. I especially like it in the case of you know giving us an opportunity to find a better backup for Rafael Guerrero, who we all know is extremely talented but prone to injury. You know, now with with Mario Rui of Napoli not in the picture, we have the opportunity to look at an entirely different player. And uh, Nuno Mendes, that you know, has, at his age, could become a stalwart for you know over a decade for this team if if that's his his future. And so I really like that it kind of forces Fernando Santos to make a decision there. I also like that with some of these player unavailabilities coming to fruition, we we may be looking at a lot of changes in formation that would not have come about otherwise. And we've there's been a lot of talk, and I, I wrote an article recently about the need to at least attempt some version of a of a three-man back line to take advantage of some of the unique talents that we have. This may be an opportunity for Santos to try to implement some of those tactics just because he doesn't have the usual cadre of players to, to use anyway. So he needs to be a little bit more creative with who he does have, and I think that that may force some some tactical innovations as well. That's how these things come about sometimes. In fact, managers may not want to change their tactics until they have to. And I look at it that way too. So we'll we'll get to integrate some new players, and we'll get to put them in different configurations that maybe we haven't seen before. So I'm I'm excited about that. In a in a three in a three man backfield, who uh, who would you ideally want to uh, see back there? If uh, if everyone's healthy, who would uh, who would you want to see back uh, in the back three for this list? All? If everyone was was fit, it would for me it would be it would be Pep, Ruben Diaz, and Jose Font. Um, I would put Ruben Diaz. Uh, closer to Rafael Guerrero to assist him defensively and, you know, put Joel Cancelo opposite Guerrero on the right and just let him do exactly what he does for, for Manchester city. Um, and that, that's how I would attempt that in the beginning. Of course, we've never seen any indication that Fernando Santos is interested in that type of formation. Sure. But, but as I, as I wrote for Portugal, um, a few weeks ago, the way our players are developing in Europe, I just don't know how reasonable it is for for him to to avoid that that option, which seems almost inevitable. We have such great marauding fullbacks, and I would even say Nuno Mendes is in that mold as well for Sporting. So I think I think it's inevitable to get the best out of these players. We're going to have to to rethink our tactics and looking at the group that we're facing not in qualifying but but in the euros in the summer we have to pull out all the stops and be ready to implement a more aggressive strategy if if plan a fails that's just my opinion on that but i think we're we're going to need it 
you know, uh, a little bit of thinking outside the box, not so much in terms of formation, but just in terms of, uh, of calling up. Based uh, and this is a discussion I've had with with multiple people uh, leading up to uh, the recording of the uh, of this uh, podcast and this interview. But um, in terms of form, and not so much in terms of their Celeste song experience, uh, I would be hard pressed to to see anyone in the midfield in the middle of in the middle of the midfield. I should say uh, deserve to uh, deserve a a starting spot uh, more so than. Uh, Sergio Oliveira of uh, of Porto and uh, and then uh, the the debutante um, uh, Palinha. Obviously, there's not a lot of actually there's no history of them playing with the Slesson together in that uh, in that midfield. Obviously, you have to balance the debutantes with the with the ex- experienced and established players. But just in terms of uh, establishing themselves as options uh, for that midfield, especially especially defensively. With uh, William out and uh, with Danilo maybe not being able to uh, to play, obviously Huba Nevs is still uh, is still playing trade uh, at uh, Wolves and has been having uh, a decent season. Uh, but he's playing every day as is Juan Moutinho. But um, uh, would I be surprised? Yes, I would. But I, I think it would be merited uh, if uh, if you saw a, a starting uh, a starting eleven that included uh, Sergio Oliveira and uh, and Juan Palinha. What are what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I can live with that 100%. I, I think uh, Sergio in particular, I, I'll just focus on him just for a second. Just taking the two matches against Juventus in the Champions League alone as data. Um, and that, and those are not by, by any means the only matches in which he's performed well this season. But those two matches, I think, epitomize the type of do-all, do-everything type player that, that Fernando Santos likes. Frankly, he can... He can track back and work hard defensively. He's got a great engine. He's got a wicked free kick on him. I mean, the, the guy can strike a dead ball in a way that that Ronaldo would surely applaud, you know. And so I think he's got a lot of tools, you know, in one player. He's 28, so he's a little bit older, maybe a late bloomer. But he has some, you know, some limited experiences with the squad, seven caps, and he's been called up quite a few times over the course of his career, even if he hasn't seen the pitch. So I actually like him to at least make an impact as a substitute in these next few games, depending on exactly who's available, especially though, if Danilo is out, I think Fernando Santos is going to look for a little bit more of a workman type player uh, in midfield. And I, I would give him a better opportunity. Joao Palinha, on the other hand, I, I, I'll confess I haven't been able to, to watch him play as much, but just looking at the options that we have at defensive midfield alone, you have to think he's going to have a chance because when I look at, you know, our, our defensive midfielders, Danilo isn't there. All we have is Ruben Nevis. And, for, and I'll say one thing about Ruben. I love Ruben. But you have to have very specific players around him to get the best out of him. I, I just don't think Ruben's quite there holistically as a defensive midfielder. You have to pair him in midfield with different types of players, players that frankly tie together defense with the attack a little bit better. I think Ruben is the type that will launch counterattacks with those, you know, these those real incisive long balls over the defense. So you could pair him real well with the forward like Diogo Jota, for example. But if you don't play Jota and you don't have good intricate passers in midfield next to him, Ruben, in my opinion, is not the right choice. So I think Joao Palinha is going to have an opportunity for this team right off the bat, and that's that's a lot of pressure on him. But like you said earlier, tremendous opportunity. Yeah, in, in talking in talking about Huben Nevs, the the one thing that you know, and he was one of the few players who um, were called up last uh, the last call ups in November that didn't see a single minute of action, and I don't know if that's just coincidence or not, but the the one thing I do remember when uh, you know playing that 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 two defensive midfield or two defensive midfielder um, strategy that Fernand Sanchez has been playing. You saw that there was stability when it was Danilo and uh, and William um, in the in the middle of that uh, in the middle of that uh, that pitch. When Huben Nevs was asked to start, you saw that there were a few. And I'm just talking more on the defensive side of things because yeah, I think he's much he's much more of a of an offensive option in that uh, in the middle of the field than than he is defensive. But you just saw gaps open up in the middle of the uh, of the field when uh, when he was playing. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm thinking in the early parts of the European or of the uh, the Euro qualifying, um, where he was asked to, or he was in the starting lineup and just the the middle of the field was just uh, just more open than than it should have been. 
I yeah, agree. I, agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree uh, on that. I mean, it, I, I think everyone kind of saw it. I remember the discussions being had after those matches and, and the general feeling was that Ruben and Danilo were not the same thing as William and Danilo. And that that's, that's kind of what I think uh, Fernando Santos noticed as well. And why we haven't seen a lot of Ruben, he's been in the squad, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's the guy. I think he's going to have to develop a lot of other parts of his game. You know, he's only 24 years old, so he's got a chance, obviously, to do that. But I, I don't see him def- certainly not in a lone defensive midfield capacity. But even paired up with with Danilo, there's something off there. I think it's just a style of play conflict that is going to have to be worked out. So that's why I say, you know, Joel Palinha is going to have an opportunity right off the bat. We're talking with Nathan Motes here on uh, episode number 40 of the Slash Sound podcast. So glad for us to uh, to be back talking Portuguese national team soccer. And and we thank you guys for for tuning in uh, once again as uh, we are uh, previewing the three matches here um, in World Cup qualifying and uh, looking at the roster uh, in the middle of looking at the roster right now. We're working our way through the uh, through the field here. We, we've talked goalkeeping. Uh, we've talked um, the defense. We've talked a little bit of the midfield. Uh, before we get all the way up front, I think there's two players um, in the attack um, that didn't have a great 2020 in terms of uh, the national team. Um, on the club side, I think Bruno Fernandes has continued his stellar play ever since his uh, huge move to uh, Manchester United, and you know he is uh, week in and week week out uh, one of their their best, if not their best player uh, for United. Uh, Bernard Silva, uh, on the other hand, did not have a great uh, year in 2020 overall. Uh, lack, of, I think he lacked a uh, form in both club and country, but uh, playing much better this uh, this season uh, for uh, for City. And uh, I think those two are probably uh, outside of Ronaldo, uh, obviously on the on the offensive side here. But we need to see the the translation of their club football to their less on football and if that's something that can that can uh you know find itself present in 2021 and going forward uh, i think the less puts themselves in a huge huge uh positive opportunity to make some noise uh in 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 the euros this summer in qualifying uh for the world cup and then if it goes all the way through to the end of 2022 obviously uh they're they're contenders for for the world uh for the world cup as well but uh, how important do you think uh, is uh, is uh, Bernard and uh, and Bruno Fernandes' um, time to to step up? How important is that for the Slesson going forward? Very, you know these these guys, uh, especially Bernardo Silva. He's he's practically the old man in midfield now, aside from Joel Moutinho, who is probably not going to be the starter going forward. He will likely come in off the bench. Uh, but Joao Moutinho, at 34 years old and with 129 caps, is likely going to be more of a a leader from from a, a squad, like a running out the squad type of thing. But Bernardo Silva still has all the tools to be, you know, what what Deco, for example, was to the to the Selassie or or um, Rui Costa. And so I think we're we're still wanting to see him emerge in that capacity. Part of that, a lot of people would argue, is the way he's he's played in this squad. And I would agree where he's fielded greatly affects his his effectiveness. And maybe this a similar case for for Bruno Fernandes, who I think even more than Bernardo Silva uh, is still trying to find, you know, his, his his ideal place in this squad. But those two, I think, are are going to be on the pitch in some capacity. I, I agree with you. They're they're probably they're probably going to start. We don't know where they're going to be or who's going to be alongside them, but they're going to be the ones around which Fernando Santos is going to try to build the center of this midfield and looking forward into attack. And so they're they're going to have to be in top form. And when they are, um, I, I think we're going to be very difficult to beat. They give us different things. Bernardo is great in possession. He's a wonderful passer. He's the type of player who can control a midfield and kind of keep things composed and which is really why I miss William, because I think the two of them together in midfield are, are even more formidable. But then you have Bruno, and in matches in which we need some innovation, we need some risk-taking, he has that in spades. He can hit the ball from range. He's not afraid to make risky passes. And so we have different kind of skill sets that you can look at as being hopefully complementary 
um, when, when we put them on the pitch together. And so th- those two are uh, essential for me. So I'm hoping to see the see them at their best this week. And from what I read on Twitter, uh, Bruno Fernandes very good at uh, taking penalties. That's uh, that's what I that's yeah, that, that's yeah, the hubbub. <laughs> yeah, the people do enjoy talking about that, don't they? You know, uh, I don't know what it is with that. You know, people people like to pick on on those who are good at penalties. I've never understood it, but uh, you know, as long as he's hitting the back of the net, um, that's that's confidence building, and, I, and I'm happy to see it. Um, I, I'm, I'm very happy to see that Andres Silva has, is back in the fold, not because, you know, I, I feel that, uh, he was a missing piece or anything, but I'm, I'm just glad to see that he's earned his way back and he's, he's just playing so well since uh, his move to, uh, to Frankfurt. And honestly, since, uh, since football came back from the pandemic, he's been one of the best, uh, players, uh, best strikers in Europe in terms of goal scoring. Um, I, I love seeing him back, um, it's good to see Diogo Jota come back from uh, from injury. I know that he had been out for um, a little around two, two and a half months uh, following a knee injury that he suffered late in 2020. Uh, you see uh, Pedro Net, obviously, um, just uh, uh, just an explosive player, uh, still so young uh, at 20 years old. Uh, João Felix gets his uh, gets uh, another call up. Uh, I thought Rafa Silva um, with the other options. There, uh, I it, I wouldn't say it's a curious decision. I just I just wouldn't have gone there. I know that uh, uh, the under twenty one uh, manager Hui George called uh, called up uh, Trincão. Uh, Trincão had uh, had been uh, getting uh, some call ups on the senior squad, but he uh, was called up for the under twenty one. But um, what do you think? And we'll, we'll get to Ronaldo at the uh, in the next question here. But uh, what do you think of the attacking options uh, outside of Ronaldo? Uh, for uh, for uh, Sanchez and this lesson. Yeah, a lot of different capabilities here, different skills. Uh, I would agree, just starting with uh, Rafa Silva. Uh, a little bit curious, maybe, why he's in the squad. The only, the only thing I can think of is, you know, looking at raw pace and just the way he plays being so direct. And, and remember, when, when Rafa Silva is in, in uh, for the Selecao, he's played almost exclusively on the wing. And, and some variant of a four-three-three, and so I, I think that may be what his utility in this squad will be if he even sees the pitch. You could argue, well, yeah, but we have Pedro Neto to to do that job. We also have Diogo Jota. Why not add Trincao, who's been in the squad, um, and, and you know, as as a, as a very young option. Um, but be, you know, I, I, I'm not as bent out of shape about that as some. I think he had some experience there. 18 caps. He's 27, a little more mature. So. You know, really looking at the other options around him, I don't even know that he'll play. Uh, and, but he's and Nathan, you know, what? and and to to be fair, uh, if you recall the the final of uh, of the Nations League in 2019, Portugal was uh, w- was up one nil, uh, and I think maybe 25. I mean, they had just scored. Uh, Gonçalo Guedes had just scored the goal. Maybe five minutes later, Fernand Sanch makes a substitution, and everybody thinks that. It's probably going to be a defensive substitution, and it was actually Rafa Silva. I I don't recall who it was for. It could have been for Gonzalo Guedes, but mm-hmm. the that choice was, I think, one of the better uh, choices that he uh, that Fernandes made in that game because of what Rafa Silva brings and what you've what you've talked about his pace, his ability yeah. to continue an attack if need if need be. Um, you know, you're able to change tax, tactics with him if you want to go uh, in a, in a faster way, much like you can do with 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 Pedro Net and and with uh, Diogo Jota. But uh, given that uh, they're going with uh, more midfielders than they are attackers in this go around, um, you know, he, he does bring a change of pace, and he's a capable player. He's not he's never set the world on fire playing for this lesson and honestly playing for for anyone really. But he's the solid player. He actually is. Has scored today for Benfica in their in their match against Braga, but um, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a, it's a I don't think it's an undeserved call up. I, again, just like I said, it's more curious considering that uh, the other options that have been chosen before. But uh, you know, I, I just think that he he just brings something that uh, maybe some others don't. Yeah, and, and as far as Trincao and and players like Rafael Leal, for example, I'm I'm okay with them uh, dropping down to under twenty ones to to build their confidence and to help that squad, you know, make their own uh, deep tournament run. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan necessarily of all of the attempts we have to make these really young players 
you know, play at, at their peak potential right now. I think it's okay if we, we try to develop them a little bit. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, Rafa Silva, it's not as if he hasn't helped his squad. Like, like that. I, I love that you mentioned the Nations League final because he basically, when he came on, he, he terrorized the Netherlands and, and wouldn't let him come back into the match. Absolutely. So, I mean, so, I mean, he has his, he has his utility in the squad. Um, and, and, you know, looking at the rest of the players, you can't leave Pedro Neto out. The guy's been sensational. Even when, even when he doesn't score or, or, you know, or assist goals for, for Wolverhampton, he's every match I've seen him play just classic wing play from this kid. And, and we need that type of wide option, that wide threat. You know, Diogo Jota is a good on the wing as well, but he really likes to come inside, you know, and 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 kind of cut through the channel and get on the end of long balls over the top of defense. He's a different type of player. And so Pedro Neto, you you need that that wide, wide man getting to the byline, delivering crosses like he can. And then really, uh, you know, going back to Andre Silva, I, I actually think Andre Silva's gonna start. I mean, the, the guy the guy is just an incredible form right now. Um, I watched him play uh, a few weeks ago, and in the match that I watched, he scored, of course, as he normally does. But before he scored his goal, his link-up play, his ability to work off the other attacking midfielders and create chances was really improved. I was so impressed with his movement. Some of the, the things about his play that were lacking when he was younger, they're there now. And, and I think if you put that Andre Silva with Ronaldo, that's going to be a huge problem for any defense that attempts to contain them. So I, I, I like him to start. Yeah, I actually I agree with you there. I think uh, just I mean solely based on form, I think he's he's earned the uh, he's earned the right to uh, to get back into the uh, starting eleven. Um, a name that you just mentioned, obviously, it's the biggest name and and one that we we were leading up to here is is Cristiano Ronaldo. It it has not been a a great uh, couple of weeks for uh, for CR7 in terms of club football um you know getting bounced out uh by uh, by Port uh in uh, the round of 16 uh while while playing for Juventus not uh, not the uh, the best way to uh to bring uh, to bring fans back to uh to uh, that stadium for the first game here uh against uh, Azerbaijan but um he seems to me and maybe it's maybe it's maybe wishful thinking here, but he seems to now with this you know this hiccup with uh, with Juve, uh, his focus I think is is solely going to be on um, you know his his play with the with the national team in in putting the national team in obviously a great position to qualify for the World Cup uh, in in a position to go deep in the Euros in, in defense in the defense of the European Championship, but. Uh, he is what 35, right around the 34, 35, 36, 36. See, I thought he was younger. He's 36. Uh, could we, could we see a more determined, uh, Ronaldo than we've seen in the last uh, few years, given, uh, you know, the, the, I mean, he's not, he's, he's not deaf to the naysayers. He knows, he knows what is being said about him. Could we see a a more determined, not a better Ronaldo, but a more determined Ronaldo uh, in these in these qualifiers for uh, for this lesson? Well, I don't know if I want to see a more determined Ronaldo. I mean, <laughs> the, the guy, the guy is uh, he's never lacked conviction, uh, passion, um, and and frankly, for you know, when it comes to his commitment to Portugal, is you know, a lot of people have questioned that over the years. I don't know if that's ever been lacking. I, I really feel like Ronaldo has always been more devoted to Portugal than, than his club sides. Having said that, I do agree that normally what we see happen with Ronaldo is anytime there is there's some type of controversy or criticism directed at him for any reason, whether it's for his personal life or for his, his form, we do normally see a version of Ronaldo come out that is a lot more menacing a lot more difficult to handle for opposition defenses, a lot more focused on what he needs to do and a lot more uh, helpful for, for the side. And so I am, I am, I am one of those hoping that we are going to see that version of Ronaldo because we are going to need it uh, in a short week, three matches coming up and you know, what a, a week, eight days, nine days, something like that. I mean, it's not a lot of time to have an impact, and we we really need him and his mind laser focused on what he needs to do, 
And I, and I think that's what we're going to see from him, just just like we always do. His role as a leader in particular is going to be huge in getting this squad uh, mentally focused on their task to inspire these players, the young players that are coming in that have never some of who have never played. Um, you know, I think he's going to be important in that way, too. So uh, Ronaldo is as important as ever, whether he scores goals or not. Um, you know, I, I still think he's uh, he's fundamentally important to this squad, and and that's that's not going to change until he retires. And we want to thank uh, Nathan Motes for uh, for joining us here on episode number forty of this Lesson podcast. A reminder to follow him on Twitter at Nathan Motes. Find all his uh, wonderful work that he does for uh, Portugal net as well. We had to uh, we had to end the interview there a bit prematurely. Uh, a little technical difficulty on uh, on both our ends there, but uh, but hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, the conversation that Nathan and I had as uh, we previewed uh, or reviewed the roster and in uh, in, uh, in the wake of uh, these uh, three matches coming up for World Cup World Cup qualifying, excuse me, um, for the Slesson, uh this week. So um, that is it for the senior side. I wanted to give you guys an update too on the under twenty ones as uh, the Euros for the under twenty ones. Uh, begin uh, this week as well. Um, again, pandemic, pandemic, pandemic. It's it's something that we're going to hear for the for the foreseeable here until we get uh, at least the schedule um, back uh, back uh, on on regular uh, on a regular basis here. But um, so the the uh, under twenty one European Championships begin group stage wise um, this week uh, for the Slesson. It's going to be on on uh, March the twenty fifth. Following the three matches, the group play, or I'm sorry, the knockout stage would then take place um, later in the spring, I believe, in May. Yeah, so the end of May, uh, and then uh, end with the uh, the semifinals on June 3rd, and then the final on June the 6th. But uh, the Slesson, uh was uh, drawn uh, with uh, Croatia, England, and Switzerland. Uh, Hui Georges' team uh, begin uh, their group play in Group D against Croatia on March the 25th. They then take on England uh, on March the 28th. And then the uh, the final group match is against Switzerland on March the 31st. So you'll have uh, the Slesson, the 24th, or the uh, the senior team, I should say, the 24th, 27th, and the 30th. You'll then have the under-21s on the 25th, the 28th, and the 31st. So there is plenty of uh, Slesson soccer for you uh, in the next uh, week or so. Uh, the uh, the Under-21 Championship is uh, a joint effort hosted by Hungary and Slovenia. Uh, the uh, the Under-21 roster uh, looks as, uh, or is as follows. Uh, goalkeepers, Jo Costa, João uh, Virginia, and uh, Luis Maximiano. Uh, the uh, the defenders, Diogo Leite, Diogo Queiroz, Diogo Dalot, uh, Pedro Pereira, uh, Terry Correia, uh, 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 Tiago Jalo, uh, Tomás Tavares. Um, those are the defenders uh, on the in the midfield. Uh, Daniel Bragança, Fabio Vieira, uh, Felipe Soares, Florentino Luiz, uh, Jetson Fernandes, Pedro Gonçalves, and Vitor uh, Vitor uh, Ferreira. And uh, up front, uh, Danny Mota, Trincão, Francisco Conceição, João Felipe, uh, Rafael Leão. And uh, Tiago Tomaj. Um, the there were two replacements named. Um, the uh, Jota and Rafael uh, Liao uh, were not uh, able to uh, make the team or uh, to contribute to the team because they are uh, they had respective injuries on their clubs. Uh, so uh, brought in were uh, João Mario of uh, Porto and uh, Gonçalo Ramos of Benfica. But again, who's George with a very strong squad. Top two uh, in the group get to the uh, quarterfinals, and uh, it's a, a four-group, 16-team tournament. Uh, Spain are the defending uh, uh, under-21 champions. Uh, but uh, all the best and muito boa sorte to Rui uh, Jorge and our under-21s as uh, we try to get another uh, trophy uh, in, the, in, the, in that trophy case uh, in Portugal as, uh, as uh, you know, again, uh, just a, a great, great uh, pipeline of talent uh, for uh, for uh, the senior uh, team in the uh, foreseeable future, as it's another uh, uh, another very strong squad uh, for the under twenty ones. Uh, as for the uh, the rest of twenty twenty one for the senior squad, um, right now there are fifteen 
scheduled matches for the uh, for the national team um, in 2021. So it is a jam packed uh, jam packed schedule for uh, for Fernand Sanch and and uh, and Portugal. Uh, obviously, the first three are the uh, the qualifiers that we've talked about: March 24th against Azerbaijan, March 27 against Serbia, and then March the 30th against Luxembourg. Uh, there is a break until June. Um, June obviously is uh, Euro 2020 time as uh, we defend our title there. Uh, we open up uh, with, uh, or we begin, I should say, with two uh, friendlies prior to uh, Euro 2020. June the fourth, uh, a match against Spain in Spain. And then uh, on June the 9th, uh, Portugal will host uh, Israel uh, in Portugal at a location yet to be determined as of this podcast, I believe. Uh, and then uh, June the 15th, everything begins in earnest. Uh, uh, the uh, group play begins for the Slesson. Uh, June 15 against Hungary in Budapest. June 19 against Germany in Munich. And then back in Budapest on a number or on uh, June the 23rd to close out group play against France. Not an easy group at all. Uh, so uh, the Slesson will have its uh, work cut out for them there to get out of their group at uh, Euro 2020. And then a World Cup qualifying again uh, starts up in September. Uh, they have three matches uh, on September the 1st, uh, their first uh, crack at Ireland. That game will be in Portugal. Um, they have two matches against Qatar as well. They're, they're quote-unquote friendlies, but it's almost like Qatar is now quote-unquote in the group. Uh, but it's just part of the uh, the international schedule there. Uh, but uh, uh, they'll uh, play, take on Qatar on September the 4th. And then on September the 7th, uh, the Slesson will travel to Azerbaijan. Uh, in October, it's the second friendly against uh, Qatar, that on October the 9th. October 12th, uh, at home against Luxembourg. And then they finish in November, does the Slesson, uh, in Ireland on November the 11th. And then they finish at home, hosting Serbia on November the 14th. So a very, very busy uh, 2021 uh, for the Slesson, but uh, would we really have it any other way? I think more Slesson matches the better for us fans. Uh, and then hopefully after, you know, hopefully after after the 2021 schedule, we kind of get back to normal in terms of, you know, the pandemic truncating everything. I am a little, I am a little, um, not confused, but just curious as to why every single uh, World Cup qualifying match for a World Cup that doesn't take place until the winter needs to be all in uh, take place in in 2021. Uh, normally, when a World Cup qualifying campaign uh, occurs, it's like uh, you know when it ends and then the draw happens. The the tournament itself is then like you know six seven months later. But you know by the time the Slesson play their last uh, World Cup qualifier, uh, the World Cup doesn't take place for another calendar year. So because of that, and with not a lot of uh, meaningful games happening in 2022 up to, up until the the World Cup. I I could have seen these spread out a little bit more, but you know, be be that as it may, obviously we'll we'll get a lot of friendlies in 2022 leading up to uh, to the World Cup. But uh, just a little food for thought. I mean, I, I just think it's crazy, especially during this time, to have three uh, three international matches in uh, in a week in a week span. Given that you could have pushed them out, ide- uh, you know, ideally uh, into uh, the early parts of uh, 2022, but that's just uh, that's just my little soapbox um, for for that. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that is uh, the uh, the fixture uh, look, uh, outlook uh, for 2021 uh, for the Slesson. Uh, the last thing I want to I want to leave you guys with before we leave, and and I can't thank you guys enough for 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 listening and and coming back to us here on uh, on uh, the Slesson podcast, but. Uh, just a, I guess a great moment as I want to leave you. I want to leave you with. So, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, there was a great moment at the end of Sporting's game um, this past weekend, where a 16-year-old uh, Dario Isugu um, made his debut just a few days after signing his first uh, his first professional senior contract, and um, you know it. He just he broke down at the end there. He came on. Uh, late in the game, and his teammates uh, just everywhere around him, uh, hugging him, embracing him, uh, you know, letting him know how happy they were for him. I just thought it was a, it was a great moment, and uh, it was uh, it was all over social media. Um, the kid is, you know, uh, who knows how good this kid is going to be, uh, but uh, for this moment to for him to have this moment 
Um, you know, honestly, and and I, I don't like to I don't like to make uh, you know social statements or political statements, but in this day and age, uh, in in where we're at um, with uh, with race and with um, you know, just just with everyone being so divisive, I, I just I just oh well, not everyone I shouldn't say, but there's so there's a lot of divisiveness. I, I I will rephrase there, but just seeing that young man being embraced by his teammates and and, and being able to enjoy that moment, uh, a moment that he and his family will never forget. I, I just thought it was a beautiful thing to to witness, and uh, it's it's just it's the beautiful part of uh, uh, of sport uh, that I embraced, and I hope everyone embraced uh, as well in in watching that video. So. Uh, but a bunch to uh, to Dario, uh, all the best to you, uh, young man, and uh, and hopefully we uh, we see uh, more of you and more of that uh, in the uh, in the uh, days and years to come in the in the game of football and uh, in the world actually. So uh, again, soapbox there over. Um, my thanks to uh, Nathan Motes for uh, for coming on on episode number uh, forty here of the Slesson Podcast to uh, to join us in kicking off our coverage of a uh, World Cup qualifying. As the Slesson, uh, they are officially on the road to Qatar to try to get to uh, to Qatar and uh, and uh, win a much needed and a much uh, much anticipated uh, World Cup. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great to win the World Cup? I mean, yeah, it's the understatement of 2021, obviously. But uh, but they are on the road, uh, beginning uh, with uh, Azerbaijan, Serbia, and Luxembourg. All the best to uh, Fernand Sanch and, and our uh, and our beloved Slesson as uh, they begin uh, qualifying there. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Pod, Facebook.com slash Pod, the Facebook page like that and uh, share that with your friends. Slesonpod.com is uh, we've uh, we've revamped it. Uh, we love it. I hope you guys like it too. Would love your feedback on it. Uh, again, email us Slesonpod at gmail.com. You can do that. You could do that through the website. Uh, again, there's a, a voicemail feature on uh, on the website as well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you uh, if you want to, you know, contact us there. Uh, we'll, we'd uh, love to to share some of those on the uh, on the site or on the on the pod uh, in future episodes. And uh, and yeah, uh, again, subscribe, like, rate, review on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Google Podcasts, whatever they're calling themselves these days. Uh, any of the uh, the podcasting platforms uh, that you are enjoying this show on. Go ahead and uh, and give us uh, all your support as much as you possibly can there. My name is Danny Pinto. I have been your host of the uh, Slesson Podcast, a proud partner of Portugal.net. World Cup qualifying, baby. So uh, with that, Forza Portugal! <laughs>